Miguel Aziz's first goal for Portsmouth. Into the path of Smithrow, into the box. Smithrow scores! A really deserved first goal in Huddersfield Town Colours. We are back. Sorry for missing a week. Some things came up. Life comes at you fast, but not much had happened. So it was a good week to have to miss. And we have a lot to catch up on here between some potential transfers coming in, how that might affect the next loan period, and of course, quite a few Hale End youngsters featuring for their national teams. And whether that might be at a youth level or a senior level, we're going to be following it here. And let's just kick it off with our two studs representing the England under-21 side, Emil Smith-Rowe and Fuller and Balagoon. They have been just excellent so far during this international break, starting off with Smith-Rowe in the first match against the Czech Republic, who were top of the group at this point in the qualification stage. Smith-Rowe played 65 minutes at left wing, and he contributed with an early goal off a beautiful half volley coming off of a rebound uh, at the top of the box. We've spoken about this previously, and it's one of the things we love most about Smith-Rowe, but he has just an unbelievable ball-striking ability. And that's a game-changer. I mean, it really, really is. He's the kind of player who can make something out of nothing and score from a position that most players can't score from. And that's a huge asset to have. And we talk about it all the time over the last five years, how Arsenal have not had those midfield goal-scoring threats, those people who can score the occasional banger or their thunderbolt or whatever you might want to call it. And you mean you saw what it meant when Granit Xhaka scored that huge one this season against Manchester United. Just kind of being able to fashion those moments, turn those unlucky matches into lucky matches. And that's the difference between reaching your goals and not reaching your goals for the season. And Smith Rowe has that ability. In this game, he was just awesome. 24 of 26 passing, two key passes, only lost possession a handful of times. And it's just awesome to really watch him play. He, he's such an rare profile in the fact that he's got very above average height for a midfielder, especially over six feet tall, around six foot one. He has running power, including acceleration, not just pace when he gets to top speed. And the technical skill is obviously amazing. He's able to strike the ball with both feet. He has great vision. It's just amazing to have watched him mature. And I just really hope he can stay fit because that's really the only knock on him right now, right? Is when he's not fit, the team is missing that aspect of him. And he's happy to come off the bench once in a while. Obviously he wants to start, but he brings that different level, that game-raising level off the bench at times. And it's going to be interesting to see if you know he's converted to that number eight role. In this match, he played at left wing. Then in the 3-0 win against Albania, he was moved inside more, played in more of a number 10 role, but he found different success there. He assisted Balagoon's first goal after a great job pressing and then squaring it for Flo to tap it in. And it's a really underrated aspect of his game. He is a very intelligent defender in the fact that he knows when to press, he knows when to exert that energy, and he can kind of read how defenders want to pass out of a press and get his foot in the way, and that's what he did right here. He was excellent in this match in the 61 minutes he was on the pitch for. Three of three duels won, 45 of 46 passing, two key passes, and one of one on successful dribbles. I mean, if your number 10 and creative midfielder is misplacing only one pass, winning three duels, and creating a goal, I mean, that's as good as it gets. 
you don't mind necessarily when a creative midfielder misplaces a few passes because you know he's attempting to make something special happen. But Smithrow was able to do that in this match and do it successfully over and over again. And he just used everything in his toolbox. He really helped the dominant English side. Obviously, their under-21s could compete against some smaller nation's senior sides. And he just helped them retain possession, you know, control the ball, and use it wisely in the attacking third. And that's why they won this match so easily. Uh, his, As I said, his defensive contributions are really heavily underrated, and they came up huge in this match, helping England to open the scoring with that one crucial goal right before halftime to go into the locker room with the lead. His teammate and Hale-End mate, Flo Balagoon, also featured in both of these matches. In the first match, he played 68 minutes at striker uh, in a 2-1 win over the Czech Republic, as I mentioned before. And, you know, he found himself a little bit isolated as a single striker in a match where Czech Republic was a pretty good match for them. It, it was not one where England was totally dominant the entire game. Only 10 of 13 passing for Flo, two key passes, a big chance created, and a successful dribble. Flo did, was able to get two shots off as well, which is good to see from a striker getting his chances, at least being in the right position to get a shot off. Uh, but he played a huge role in, in the opening goal that Smith Rowe scored. He received the ball kind of in that left attacking third uh, and slid Curtis Jones into the box for an easy shot on goal where the, the keeper actually made a nice save, and that's the rebound that Smith Rowe scored off of. And, you know, we talked about it with the Middlesbrough alone that Flo wasn't going to have that many goal-scoring opportunities, but it was picking up those other tools that he needed. And, and he's really shown that. His vision and passing intelligence has improved massively. He's learned how to make an impact without scoring goals. And that's going to be key to him getting involved with Arsenal's first team this next year, if that happens, or contributing out on loan next year. If he goes on loan to a high-end championship side or a low-end Premier League side, he's not necessarily going to score a ton of goals, but he'll see the pitch if he can make an impact regardless. In the second match against Albania, Flo played 73 minutes, scoring two goals, 10 of 11 passing again, not receiving the ball all that much, but making an impact without having to score kind of those amazing goals that he was scoring at the youth level and, and quite a few at, at Burrow as well. Both the goals he scored here were poachers goals. Obviously the first one we spoke about with Smith Rowe, where he squared it for him in a tap home uh, goal for Flo. And the second one, just an easy header on the back post. He's finding himself in the right positions right now and adding that to his repertoire on top of being such an amazingly unique physical talent as well as the technical skill is what's going to round him out as a complete striker and, and give him a chance to succeed in the Premier League. You have to be able to be a poacher on top of all that. And, I mean, if you look at someone like Lacazette, if Lacazette could have even been a poacher this year, he would have done his job for us. But he couldn't even do that. And so that's kind of a skill that goes under the radar. All this time we want to see amazing goals and technique and all this, but at the end of the day, a striker and a true number nine needs to score goals. And that's what Flo is learning how to do, and it's good to see him succeeding at doing that at youth levels, and the next big step will be bringing that to his senior game. England now have qualified for the under-21 Euros. They still do want to top the group, though. They have two more matches against Kosovo, under-21s, and Slovenia, under-21s. They have a three-point lead on the Czech Republic and a game in hand, so they should be able to top the group, find themselves in a better draw for the U-21 Euros, and it's an exciting time for them. And it's great to see Flo and Smithrow getting to play together and obviously contributing to goals for each other. Another huge talent and someone who's kind of made a huge rise in the second half of the season this year is Matthias Roberts, who is now representing the Wales under-18s again. 
Uh, he did not feature in the match this week in the 4-2 win over Croatia. But Wales do have two more matches coming up with the England under-18s and the Austria under-18s coming up in the next week, as I said. And, you know, Roberts had a really great second half of the season with Arsenal. He had a run of three goals and five assists in five matches for the under-18s. And he's really only 17 still, so he's playing above his age. He's getting the opportunity to test his talents. He's an attacking midfielder who's got an eye for goal, and he's quite you know creative in the fact that he'll use his ability to dribble by players to you know either find a teammate in the box for an easy goal or, or take that shot himself. Uh, he made his Wales under-18 debut last international break in March. We spoke about that. So hopefully he'll get his chance for the uh, Wales team against England and Austria in the upcoming week. On the senior side of international football, Daniel Ballard has been just stellar for Northern Ireland. His last year has really been amazing. There has not been one standout bad performance for me. I really can't think of one time where I've been like, okay, he really you know, had a poor game and put his team in a poor position. And it continued here. Uh, he played two matches over the past week or so, uh, the first being 90 minutes in a 1-0 loss to Greece in the Nations League. Uh, he won 7 of 11 duels, 3 clearances, an interception, 2 tackles, had a very nice passing day, completing 40 passes at an 80% clip. And this game was a little bit tougher for him because he played on a different side of defense than he's been playing all season. Um, they played in a back five, and he was tasked on playing on the left side of that back five for most of the game until he moved to a back four, and he slid into the right center back role. But it's, you know, it's tough to make that transition sometimes, especially when you spent the whole season playing in one position. You kind of have to look over different shoulders. You're passing with different feet, trying to find different outlets. Obviously, Northern Ireland, not a premier international team, but still going up against, you know, some tough opponents. Greece came to this match physically prepared for the match. Uh, and, you know, it didn't go Northern Ireland's way, but Ballard was far and away the best player on the pitch for Northern Ireland. And something I want to talk about also from this match is we don't really talk about his long throwing ability quite enough. And it's a huge asset to a team that defends deep and, and uses aerial threats as outlets. Uh, and Daniel Ballard can bring that, and that just adds to his value over and over again. The value is just rising for him. He did not feature in the nil-nil draw with Cyprus, but he did play 90 minutes in a 3-2 defeat to Kosovo in the Nations League uh, on June 9th. Uh, and he scored a goal, which is his second goal for Northern Ireland. And as I've said all year, he's a menace offset pieces, and he did the same thing here. Scored a towering header where he just outjumped the defenders, put the header with power and pace into the back of the net. Goalkeeper did not stand a chance. And it's another thing, right? Like, he's not just a solid, solid defender who can, you know, shore up any back line. He just has a lot of other traits to him that are huge especially for teams that sit back and defend he's an aerial threat and he has a long throwing ability I mean these are tactics that you see a lot with teams that sit back deep don't have a lot of creative outlets necessarily and they kind of score goals through set pieces and these types of kind of mumbled jumbled ball in the box hoping for the best situations I mean not only did he score a goal in this game but he had four clearances one interception four tackles he won 11 duels 49 of 59 passing and he had two shots on target and two shots off target. He just wins the ball in the air. He is relentless in the air. And that is just, again, like, I 
feel like I've repeated myself on this so many times, but it's such a crucial aspect of his game. He's not just a no-nonsense defender. He is a beast in the air, especially for a player who's not the stature of a Van Dyke or someone of that height. He just is wants the ball. He wants to win headers. He wants to score goals. And that's a huge aspect to have in a defender. As I said, he's been far and away the best player for Northern Ireland in these Nations League games. And he just really makes such a massive impact. He was somewhat at fault for Kosovo's third goal. Uh, but, you know, he was in a 2v1 trying to hold the line so that the player behind him, you know, couldn't get in on goal and have that open tap in for a cross. It kind of got to the point where Ballard had to throw his body in front of the cross, hoping to, you know, beat the man there. Wasn't able to do it, but again, Northern Ireland did not really come compact enough for this game the way they needed to. That would have allowed them to win this match most likely. But still, a great couple of games for Ballard. They have a match coming up against Cyprus in the next week. Hopefully we'll see him feature in that match as well. But the goal is huge, and, you know, Millwall and their manager have come out and said they would like to bring Ballard in permanently, but the asking price might be too high, and other clubs will probably hit that asking price. The more Ballard continues to play well, especially at senior international levels, he's going to you know, he's gonna maybe get a double-digit fee. We're talking 10 $12 million, and that would be huge for Arsenal. I mean, that almost will give us the ability to bring in that extra wing back that we want to bring in, that extra fullback that we want to bring in at a much cheaper cost and spend that money on attackers where we need to. So great to see from Ballard. You know, if he continues to impress and the fee isn't matched, you might see Rob Holding leave and Ballard be that fourth choice center back. I know I've seen some people clamoring for that. So it'll be interesting to see what happens. Again, at the senior international level, Carl Hine is back. He is back and playing for Estonia. He started and kept a clean sheet in a 2-0 win over San Marino in the Nations League. He made three saves and most impressively was 100% on his passing including three of three long balls. The thing for him has always been he's a great shot stopper but can he adapt to the modern game and be an excellent distributor of the ball and he has gotten so much better at that in the last year. He's still so young. He's 18 still. And this was just a huge match for him. Obviously not the biggest opponent he'll ever face, but senior football nonetheless. Uh, he did not feature in the 5-0 loss to Argentina. That was a friendly. But he did start in a 2-1 win over Malta, where he had two saves and a penalty save. And the penalty save was great. It was a pretty solid penalty, low to the keeper's right, close to the corner. Uh, Hein got a hand to it and was able to recover the ball so a rebound couldn't be tapped home. And, you know, that's... Massive to have a player of his age saving penalties at the senior level already. I mean, Arsenal haven't had a keeper who can save penalties in forever. Uh, and he had another pretty solid game distributing the ball. 26 of 32 passing, the six misplaced passes being long balls. So he completed nine of 15 long balls. And hey, if you're completing nine long balls to your striker, that's a bunch of times you're retaining possession high up the pitch, starting from your goalkeeper. And that is just a huge asset to have. Unfortunately, the goal that they did concede in this game, Estonia, was a Carl Hein own goal, which was, was bad goalkeeping. It truly was. It was a corner kick that Hein completely misjudged, and I think he tried to tip it over the bar so that it didn't just go in untouched and it ended up going in. He does need to get a little bit more shorthanded with high claims in the box and getting up there and you know commanding his box, but he's a young player. He'll improve at that, and you know 
I'd like to see him going for it and not just letting the ball into his net. He had the awareness of it. He just misjudged it, and that's something he'll learn from. It certainly, certainly is. As far as our other Hale-End players representing their nations at high levels, at the senior level, Omari Hutchinson, as I predicted, did not feature in either match for Jamaica against Suriname in the Nations League because that's a FIFA-sanctioned competition, and that would lock him into being a Jamaica international. He may feature in the international friendlies against Uruguay on Saturday, but then likely he won't feature against Mexico in the Nations League. Again, Hutchinson does not want to you know, tie himself down to Jamaica. This is just to get the experience of some senior football, keep himself fit for the preseason tour. I'm sure he'll want to feature with the first team then and test his skills out. More surprisingly, though, Marcelo Flores has not featured in any of the three Mexico games so far. He was on the bench against Nigeria and did not get in, and then did not make the squad against Uruguay or Ecuador. Uh, a little surprised to see this. You know, it really felt like he had said, I'm going to play for Mexico. I want to make the World Cup squad. There was talk about, you know, him pushing for the World Cup squad. And he just has not played for them during this international break. They still have matches with Suriname and Jamaica coming up in the Nations League. But there's also a chance that Marcelo Flores will play with the Mexico under-20s in the CONCACAF Championship uh, when they play Suriname, Trinidad and Tobago, and Haiti in their group. Obviously, they could progress out of that and, and go further into the tournament. I think it's likely Marcelo will represent them, uh, although I know he does want to play with the senior team uh, at Arsenal during the preseason tour to test, you know, and show Arteta that he can play for Arsenal this season. So it'll be interesting to see what happens there. The last group of young Hale End players who represented their country over the past week or so uh, is a trio of players who featured for the England under 17 in some friendlies. Uh, against Norway in a 3-0 win, Amario Cozier Dewberry and Miles Lewis Skelly both featured. Uh, and then against the USA under 17s in a 2-1 loss, Lino Sousa featured and captained the side. So it was a little bit of a uh, swap of players here for these two matches. A set of players played the first, a set of players played the second. Uh, and these are three incredibly talented players, maybe the three most talented under-18 players at the club currently. Cozier Dewberry actually just signed his professional contract with Arsenal. He had an excellent season last year, just a 17-year-old, plays mostly as a left winger, can kind of play a little bit further forward as a secondary striker or on the right side. He had four goals and four assists for the under-18 side, had a couple opportunities with the under-23s, and he should be a massive player for the under-23s next year, getting a lot of opportunity there. Lino Sousa, as we all know, is a massive talent uh, that has joined the club this year, a left back, very skilled. We should see him play a lot for the under-23s next year and potential senior call-up, depending on some summer transfers, some injuries. Uh, I mean, I know I heard he impressed greatly in that behind-closed-doors friendly against Brentford when he played with some first-team players. So he's really one to keep an eye on and definitely the biggest left-back prospect at the club. Obviously, we know Brooke Norton Cuffey is the biggest right-back prospect at the club. Uh, and then Miles Lewis Skelly, a 15-year-old playing above his age group again, playing with the England under-17s. He's played twice for the Arsenal under-18s, including a goal. And if you don't know about this kid, watch some of his highlights. He is an incredible talent. He's fast. He's technically skilled midfielder. He can dribble past players. He can pick out a pass. He can score a goal. There's no question about that. And he's 15, but I expect to see him playing with the under-18s this year. He is one destined for greatness and just an awesome, awesome player. Uh, and the last player who represented international side is Bradley Ibrahim, 
who was called up for the England under-18 sides for their friendlies against Austria, Wales, and Croatia. Did not feature against Austria in the 3-2 loss, but he could play against Matthias Roberts uh, if, the, if he gets to play against Wales. Uh, Ibrahim got a lot more opportunity in the second half of the year after a few players went out on loan. So big year for him next year as well. Will be a steadfast player in the under-23s. The last people to touch on here, just those who are not representing their side but sometimes have, uh, Omar Rekik is still out with injury, so not playing for Tunisia as they try to qualify for AFCON. Salah Adin hasn't represented the Netherlands youth setup in, in quite some time. I'm interested to see why that is. Uh, it's not really clear to me. He's clearly got the talent. Obviously, they prefer to pick players from the Eredivisie clubs. I think they're just a little bit more involved in the setup there. And then Jack Henry Francis and Obongbo who have represented Ireland at the under-19 level, both were not called up for this international break, which is interesting. Jack Henry Francis, obviously a huge talent, uh, but you never know. It's just sometimes they're testing new things out. They, you know, want to see how players fit into the the production. And, you know, Jack Henry Francis is definitely a player that Ireland are keeping an eye on and, and one they want to eventually probably make the step up to the senior side. The last thing to cover here is the England under-19 squad has not been announced yet for Euro U19 this summer, but it will be on Friday, June 17th. We would all expect Brooke Norton Cuffey to be named in this squad. He was named in the last squad and obviously should be the starting right back for most of the tournament. So we will keep an eye on that, and we'll keep an eye on the Daniel Ballard transfer saga, see what happens there. A few more players likely to leave the club, a few more likely to sign some professional contracts. So a lot to keep up with, but some fantastic performances for our players representing their countries, and, and there's more to come. Uh, they all have some big, some big, big matches to come in the Nations League, uh, and the under-19 Euros should be a blast to watch. So I'm really looking forward to that. Uh, thanks for listening, and you know we'll be back next week.